Hello, baseball fans, and welcome back to the postseason preview edition of Backyard Baseball 2001 and Throwback Sports Productions. I am your host, Michael Schultz, along with my good brother and co-host, Ben Schultz from Mankato, live on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. How are you, Ben? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to be back, and this is great. It's probably, I think, the second season we've done together. Yes, that is correct. Um, and we're, we've are we we've uh, made another lap around the track, so... Um, cool beans. So we're going to throw a lot of numbers at you guys, a lot of, um, statistics and as, as best we can, we'll try to break it down and put it in English so that everyone else can understand because God knows I barely do. So without further ado, Mr. Mike. All right. Thank you, sir. We are going to preview all of the eight matchups in the postseason, the two in the, or the four matchups, excuse me, four matchups in the postseason, eight teams. Uh, two in the four teams in the American League and the two matchups there, and the four in the National League and the two matchups there. Um, how they got to this point, um, what the pitching probables are going to look like, and how the offense and defense stack up against each other. So we have a good a good bit of time for all of this today, and it's going to be it's going to be fun. So without uh, any more delays, let's jump into it. We're going to start with the Bombers and the Twins. Your home. Your home bombers. Well, I guess they're the, your home bombers. <laughs> your team, the Junior Bombers, making the postseason at 13-1 and and the best record in all of baseball. They get the number one seed in the American League and the number one seed overall in the postseason. Going up against the Minnesota Twins, who get the wild card on the American League side, barely squeaking in, but they made it. It was not easy, but they got the job done as they just miss out on the American League division crown. The Royals beat them in that respect, but they will be ready and raring to go for this matchup. The Bombers come in riding a... I don't remember how many games. 12-game winning streak. 12-game winning streak. They won their first game. They lost their second game of the year to the Blue Jays in a tight battle. And they've ripped off 12 wins in a row. And have just gone off. I mean, we thought it might slow down after the first half of the year, but they kept on trucking along. Um, 13 and 1, 99 runs for and 19 against for your division champion Bombers. And they have one of the best pitching tandems in all of baseball with Ronnie Dobbs and Amir Khan coming in at 153 ERA for Khan, 7 and 0. Uh, let's see. 37 hits, 10 runs, 45 strikeouts, and no walks. And Ronnie Dobbs on the other side, 143 ERA, 6-1. That one game they lost to the Blue Jays. 40 runs given up, or no, 40 hits given up, 9 runs, 45 strikeouts, and no walks. Same number of strikeouts, very similar number of runs, similar number of innings pitched, 39 and 38. But Ben, these two guys are absolute dynamite, and with Dobbs dominating basically all season aside from that one loss and then his second to last game he pitched when he gave up seven runs but both of these pitchers could very well start game one of the ALDS it depends on how they're feeling that day Dobbs is slated to get the start as far as how things look he had a great outing in his last game final game against the twins in which they won I believe it was three to nothing but, uh, yeah, any thoughts on these two guys and their pitching performances this year going into the postseason? It's funny. You talk about um, sometimes two halves of the same person, um, two 
sides of the coin, et cetera, and so forth. These people are that very definition. Um, like you said before, very similar stats, very similar number of pitches. And between the two of them, they they make up what has become one of the best pitching staffs in all of backyard baseball this year. Holy cow. ERAs aside, this this duo is amazing. And uh, yeah, they're also like outside of the game too. They're always chatting it up on the bus and and um, sharing stories and swapping good times back and forth together and, and trading other other backyard baseball cards with each other. It's fantastic to see. So these two guys, uh, Amir Khan and, and Ronnie Dobbs, really uh, really hit it off well, um, pun intended. But yeah, so these <laughs> it's extraordinary. Um, so flipping the coin down to back to the um, Offense now. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to me, from a cursory glance, that Mr. Sanchez, with his killer 666 average, seems to be the best scoring person on this team. He's, he's, he's basically the bet out of the gate to drive people around the bases. Yeah, absolutely for sure. 666 average, best average in the league. And... We talked about his achievements offensively during the season, and they are staggering. 14 home runs, which averages a home run a game, which is ridiculous. And then he puts up 33 RBIs, which is ridiculous. And then he has an over 300 average, and he's got double that at 666, which is also ridiculous. He scored 29 runs. He's only struck out three times. He has no errors, and he's been he was slugging 186 on the year. The next closest of anybody on the team is, curiously enough, Ronnie Dobbs at 789 when he got that hot streak with three home runs in two games and finished the season pretty well I with 10 that. RBIs. Yes, but Sanchez has been by far the offensive catalyst for this team, and he has carried this team through the season with the offensive load by far over everybody else. I mean, Dovecchio with 12, RBIs, Dobbs with 10, Thomas with 9, Petrovic with 9, Kahn with 9. But seriously, this if it we asked the question too, I think two broadcasts ago or whatever it was, where would this team be if Sanchez was not hitting this well or if he was not producing this much? I don't know if they'd be close to winning their division or if they might have to be close to a wild card spot or even make it at all because he he's the one that drives the offense and as he goes so go the bombers so it'll be interesting to see if he can still keep up that production maybe not quite at the torrid pace he had it during the year but certainly coming through in opportunities as they arise offensively to get the bombers on the board and to keep them going um, it'll be very interesting to see. The rest of the team didn't do poorly. They did pretty well. Overall, everybody's gotten at least five RBIs. But um, Sanchez definitely one huge key to watch offensively for the Bombers. Another one to watch, I think, aside from Ronnie Dobbs, who was their second-best run producer, keep an eye on Schultz. He didn't do a whole lot during the year offensively. He was fantastic defensively over there at third base. And we chronicled that many times in a few broadcasts, but only five RBIs for him. No home runs, scored 16 runs, which is second best to Sanchez. But look for him to hit more, I think, in this series. Look for him to try and get out in front of pitches and drive balls to left field and into the gaps and maybe knock a few off the wall or a few over the wall. Um, 
but yeah, look for him to look. I, I'm looking for him to jump out and uh, break out of his hitting, a bit of a hitting funk this this postseason, and 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 contribute a little more on the offensive side. Indeed, it's a nice clean start. All the stats are cleared. You're ready to put some new numbers on the board. Um, very very nice way to just turn the page in the next chapter and go and like be what you want to be um, to an extent, you know. But everyone can dream, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, of the averages up on the board, he has the third lowest. But I'd say look for him because because he's got a little more speed than he was able to show. He didn't. I don't think he had any stolen bases. Let's see. No, he didn't have any stolen bases. We only stole three bases all year, which is ridiculous. Should have been a lot higher than that, I think. But hey, you pick your spots, and we'll see. On that note as well, look for the bombers to steal some more bases too. But uh, yeah, those are. Interesting, interesting perspectives on the offensive side. 99 RBIs for the year. But look for Sanchez to continue. Look for Schultz to start coming through a little better. And maybe we'll see Mikey Thomas uh, pick up some more offensive numbers as well as he only had 9 RBIs on the season. And for him being the power hitter, the the thing with him, though, was Sanchez would clear the bases before Thomas got up to the plate half the time, most of the time. (laughs) Robbed him of RBIs all over the place, all season. yeah, Thomas didn't have a whole lot to do as far as uh, offense. He didn't have any home runs during the year, but um, he hit, had a decent number of singles. He hit 18 base hits during the year, three doubles, no triples, no home runs. And with that, he had a 456 average. But um, look for him to bounce back, I think. If Sanchez somehow doesn't come through, look for Thomas to get those hard singles into the gap and maybe drive a few out over the wall we'll see i think the pitching staff is going to be fine con and dobbs are going to continue con especially he's he's been around the block before he knows how to finesse his way around hard-hitting lineups that's something that dobbs isn't quite as adept at doing he's more overpowers them with the fastball and if he can get that first pitch change up over at least half the time or more look out he'll be pretty dangerous if not and he can't locate that change up and he has to rely on a couple of curveballs to get him established in the strike count and then try to get the fastball for the outs. Um, if he relies on that too much, he could get into trouble. So keep an eye on that as we go through the series, and especially in Game 1 if he does start. But um, I'd say the pitching staff looks pretty good. If they need it, they have Dante Robinson as a third option, usually in spot relief, which they, I don't think they used him. They didn't use him at all um, this season. They just bounced back between Khan and Dops, but uh, that's the bomber side of the coin. And how about we head on over to the Twins and see how they did? Agreed. Coming in, coming in with a record of eight and six, and just barely getting the wild card. And we mentioned that the wild cards on both sides of the leagues were ridiculous because it was anybody's game up until the last game of the year, and even then it was still up in the air. But um, <laughs> uh, down to the, the last second, down to the last inning. Yes, the Twins come out with the wild card on the American League side, even though they lost to the Bombers 3-0 in that game. But, um, no, they are coming in with a decent enough pitching staff. Um, 416 ERA, but don't read too much into that because a couple of couple of those ERAs, Jane Davis and Marty Cordova and Ahmed Khan, are all 5 and north of, north of 5. With their ERAs, you take the uh, other 
Well, I mean, Cordova pitched a fair, fair amount, but he's not a pitcher. He's usually an outfield guy, which is kind of weird to say because he had the most pitching duties innings-wise of anybody on the team, which is odd because they usually would rely on Davis or Deshens or Bobby Bill Green, who is their ace of the staff at 3-2 and two and a 2-1-9 ERA. Look for him to get the start in Game 1 against Ronnie Dobbs. Um, but I, their ERA, it's a little high, but... I think as a whole, they can pitch. They will pitch better than what these numbers show, I think. Because you got Bo Green and you have Henri Deschens as well, um, a few others. Chrissy Mulligan in a pinch, 257 ERA, 1 0. But um, they struck out 90 batters during the year. I don't know if they're going to do that much kind of strikeouts, high strikeout totals, because the Bombers are not prone to striking out and they. If they don't strike out, they will at least get ground ball outs or or any of that sort. But they don't strike out a lot. So I don't think the strikeouts are going to be that big of a deal for the Twins. But I think Bobby Bill Green is going to pitch a decent start to start the game. If he goes four, five innings, maybe even six, um, the, the deeper he goes into the games, the better the Twins will be. Um, so look for that as one of your stats to keep track of. But any thoughts on the pitching staff for the Twins? And also, when we flip it over to the offense, any thoughts on that as well? Um, similarities to our Bombers right now. Um, I see, again, two main pitchers. We have Bobby Bull Green, and then who's the last, first batting first up there? Oh, up there? Marty, Marty, Marty Cordova. Cordova, that guy. Yes. He, um, he and Bobby kind of share the, the same kind of role. But then you have these other, the like, random people just pulled from different spots just to fill in in a pinch. Um, it speaks to available stamina to me. Um, yeah. Maybe these guys can't last as long on the mount, and that's okay. Like, everyone's different. You all have your strengths and weaknesses. But it also goes to show when they know when to ask for help, and they know what right. kind of help to ask for. Yep. So um, similar up to the point of, yes, we do have two main guys, but they also all help out across the board. And in jobs, cross-training is one of the best assets to have. Um, mm-hmm. And same here, same situation here. The more things you can do in the, in the team, the more places you can help out, the better everyone will be. So awesome teamwork, guys. I can look forward to seeing how the Twins do in uh, in this postseason. So let's uh, flip the coin over to the, uh, the offense here, the batting. We're three minutes, 30 seconds into here, and I kind of want to keep it to like six or seven minutes. Um, but yeah. Sure, sure. Yep, uh, Cordova. Uh, let's see. Across the board, they're hitting 348 as a team. Not doing too bad here. Um, Jane Davis and Ahmed Khan, two and three hitters, carrying the team with a uh, 437 and 511 averages, respectively, and 10 and 15 are, or yeah, 10 and 15 RBIs. Deshens in with 16. So the two, three, four hitters for the Twins, for sure, are carrying this team as they have 41 RBIs among the three of them. Um, Khan, with his heavy bat, loves to launch home runs to left field. He hit four home runs during the year. Jane Davis can also hit home runs with six, and then Henri Deschens with power and speed with seven home runs on the year. They put up 69 RBIs, which is not that much, but they found ways to win, Ben. When it counted, they found ways to win. And even if the pitching wasn't quite up to snuff that day, they could still pull out some offensive stops as they showed against the Bombers in that game where they had a couple of chances to get on the board offensively, but 
Dobbs and company stemmed the tide and kept him at bay and off the board. But I think the Twins, having seen the Bombers once already, to be the last game of the season, which is to their advantage, I would think. Um, look for them to try and get some uh, offense going against the Bombers here. See if they can break the ice early and try to keep keep the numbers going up on the board. If they start against Dobbs, they have a chance because he's not quite as crafty with his pitches as Khan is. But if they can't get past that fastball, it could be a long series to start for the Minnesota Twins on their offense. I hear um, you there. Yeah, any final thoughts on that before we head over to some other matchups? Um... Their their offense seems to be fairly awesome as far as hitting goes. Usually you just have one – well, in our team, we use, usually had just like one or two or three people who are the main carriers of the weight. But here again, you see that dispersal. Um, Marty Cordova, 16 home runs. Jane Davis, 21 home runs. Those are hits. Oh, hits. Runs. I'm sorry. sorry. Excuse yeah. me. Home runs are over HRs. here. That's way over right. there. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> Stat guy can't read the stats. Anyway, Cordova with uh, <laughs> one, Jane Davis with six, um, Ahmed with four, Henri Deschens with seven. Just mm-hmm. pretty much low numbers, but everybody's picking up the pace So um, and carrying their own way. So fantastic to see. These guys know how to work together, and it's fun to, to look at. If not on paper, then indefinitely in the booth in the field. Absolutely. So that's the Twins and the Bombers. I think it's going to be a good series. It'll be a good pitching series, I think, no matter what. It might not be as high scoring. I remember with the uh, with the Wombats last year, we had a very low scoring series in the National League Division Series against the Reds. And that was a lot of fun as our pitchers went toe-to-toe and down to the wire. And we also had that one walk-off game <laughs> in game it, it, the first or second game of that series, which yeah. was crazy because it was, it was down to the wire, and then we went to extra innings, and then, and, and then the uh, Wombats pulled it off in the end. But I'm telling you, the Twins and the Bombers have the makings of another low-scoring series, so you may get your low-scoring series in addition to your low-scoring games, which you love so much. I do. I love close finishes. Just I, I live for the thrill of it. Mm-hmm. All right, so on the other part of the American League, the Mariners and the Royals. The Mariners coming in, winning the American League West, and the Royals winning the American League Central. The Bombers winning the AL East, of course. So coming into this, Mariners, we'll start with them, if I can find them in the blasted stats thing. Where oh, that's go? fine. All right, here we go. Coming in at nine and five and a pretty darn good record, um, nine and five on the year, winning the AL West, um, punching the ticket to the postseason. So no problems for them there. They have a very good pitching staff. Ben, take a look at this: two eighty-five team ERA, which is one of the lowest we have seen of any of the teams in the postseason thus far. We'll get to the rest later, but that's pretty comparable. Even though the Bombers have like a one point four five or whatever, but those are the two best pitchers in baseball. So why not? But, um. Kind of similar to the Bombers, or not the Bombers, but the Twins in a way, where a whole bunch of different pitchers, I, everybody on this staff, with the exception of Arlene Perez, have pitched in some aspect during this year. As you can see, you have Holly Franklin, she went two innings. Um, Alex Rodriguez, who is not known for his pitching, has a win with three innings pitched, giving up one hit and no runs. <laughs> he contributes. Cheryl Reynolds contributes. But the workhorses of the workhorse of the staff is Jody Palmer. And after that, Nan Porter, the two main pitchers, two and one and five and three, respectively. So the Mariners with a decent ERA and going in tandem, I guess, um, with the twins as far as a bunch of different people pitching. 
Um, look for them to see if they can continue their good pitching during this series against the Royals, who can hit every now and again, but we'll see how that goes. But the Mariners, with good pitching to start, that's going to help their cause, and uh, as good pitching always would. But I'd say good ERA for the Mariners, and they will they will find ways to fit people in if if they need to, kind of like the supporting roles that you told told about with the Twins. Um, but any thoughts on this ERA and the pitching staff for the Mariners? Um, definitely contrasts starkly with the Twins ERA of 4.16. Yes, I did remember because, yes, I did write it down. Um, Good job. Definitely lower than that, but extremely, extremely diverse crew. And this team is going to be a hard team to bring down, especially with their team ERA and also how many people have been on the mound. Everyone knows where everyone's going to be, and that's a key uh, key uh, asset to have to like connect with your teammates in a way that that uh, only you you guys can um, on on the team. It's fantastic to see. So these these guys are going to be hard, tough to bring down, um, tough to score against. So I'm looking for a strong outfield. I'm looking for quick runners and uh, very very quick on the uptake throws as well. Indeed. Um, over to the offensive side for the Mariners. Not the highest of averages for the team. Three twenty three. And they've got 73 RBIs, which is not as much as the 99 of the Bombers, but it's kind of hard to hit 99 when everybody else is, you know, not quite as powerful as what they put up. But not everybody can have a Pablo Sanchez, let's be honest. No, there's, there's only one <laughs> of him. No. He doesn't even um, have a younger brother like the Ackmans. <laughs> right, right, or like the Cons, yes. Oh, the Cons, I'm sorry, um, yes, yes. Yeah, one thing, that, uh, something that jumps out to me right away with the offense for the Mariners, um, Holly Franklin leading off at 239 batting average. That's not all that great for a leadoff hitter. Um, usually you want to be the catalyst to get on base and score some runs. Um, she scored four runs during the year. So that's not that great of a stat. So maybe look for her to bounce back in the leadoff spot. Of course, you have Alex Rodriguez at number two, Cheryl Reynolds three, Libby Futterman and Annie Frazier pounding the ball with 11 and 13 RBIs respectively, three and two home runs. But um, the two, three, and four section, or yeah, the two, three, four, and five hitters for that matter, for the Mariners doing the most damage. 6, 12, 11, and 13 RBIs. Um, interesting that Nan Porter and Arlene Perez at 6 and 8 in the lineup have 10 and 11 RBIs. So they kind of had a bunch of a bunch of players with multiple RBIs double-digit-wise. So again, they kind of share all the hitting duties on down the list. Um, Jody Palmer, though, in the 9 spot with a 205 average and only one RBI. But... Um, the Mariners can hit pretty decently across the board. Reynolds with power, Footerman with power, Andy Frazier with power every now and again. And Alex Rodriguez gets on base a lot. So um, I'd say I'd say they'll probably spread the hitting duties much like they did during the season. And uh, hopefully they can uh, continue to put up offensive numbers when they need it. Any uh, comments on that? Uh, yeah. Not really original comments, but I, I agree with you 100%. These guys know when to, where where to put people on the plate. And uh, weird for for Holly to starting be starting off and have that kind of a low average. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's all a benefit of the doubt. You give people chances, no matter no matter who they are and how they play, and just kind of experiment to see where people go. Mm-hmm. They stole six bases on the year, which is twice as many as the Bombers. Um, They're a little more. But bold. then over, look for those. Yeah, runners. indeed. Look for those runners. Yes, Holy look for buckets. the runners indeed. The Bombers are looking to hopefully do a lot more running um, than they did during the year. Um, 
Over to the Royals now, uh, quickly, before we go over to the National League and get those teams going. Um, 5.95 ERA for the Royals. That's a bit of a high stack. That's a bit of a high stack. I'm not sure why Keisha Phillips' ERA is non-applicable, which is weird. Oh, it says 108. That's probably why. Oh, <laughs> if it goes... Wow. Interesting. I didn't... Okay, that makes sense. Weird. The reason for that, though, is... Um, giving up six runs in six batters faced um, and not even getting through an inning, really. The ERA is way high because you don't have a lot of innings to spread that number over. Oh. That's why it's so ridiculously high. Gotcha. And that's why it's, it's so giant of an outlier that they throw it out. So 595 ERA for the Royals officially. Uh, Carlos Beltran's pitched in, no pun intended. <laughs> Zenin Estrada has pitched, but the main pitcher for the Royals, Lorelai Ikae, um, who the Bombers faced, by the way, in that game um, when they played the Royals that one time. 5-3 um, and three with a 540 ERA, striking out 26 and walking 7. But the Royals with a higher ERA than the Mariners, who have a better ERA overall, with a lot of teams in the league. Um... Looks like they could possibly struggle as far as if the Ro- if the Royals if the Mariners jump on them early, I think that would uh, deter the pitching stats just a bit. So I think the key for the Royals is to keep the Mariners off the base paths, and offensively for them with a 351 average, they got to jump on those guys quickly. If they don't jump on top of the Mariners pitching staff quickly enough, they might not be able to pull off runs late in the game. Um, any any thoughts to that or, or uh, add, add-ons to those stats statements? Well, one thing that will help the Royals early on in the game especially is the Mariners' leadoff hitter, who doesn't have that great of an average, but still mm-hmm. okay. Um, but that'll help them shut down the offense, I think. Um, still, though, highest ERA, team ERA we've seen so far with a 595. Mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, they, they definitely have uh, an obvious weak spot. Um, we talked about before how it's important with the Twins and the Mariners going to like to spread your responsibilities. These guys, I don't know what they do, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, they're, they're kind of all over the map. You got like an 8 and then a 108 ERA and then a 540 and then a 540 again and then an 830 and a 257, a 466 and a 514. So they're kind of all over the place. They do seem to rely on Lorelai Ike for most of their pitching. And look for that to probably be the case in that series with the Mariners. But uh, if they're going to survive pitching-wise in this series, they can't rely all on their offense. They only scored 68 runs during the season. Um, they can't rely all on the offense. they got to have their pitching pick up some slack for sure. Because otherwise the Mariners will outpitch them and manufacture runs. Yes. To boot. Yes, that's a good term to use. Manufacture runs. Yes. It's kind of scary. <laughs> well, it comes in handy. Yeah, it does. So... That's it for the American League side. We'll flip over to the National League and get the uh, last two matchups, starting with the Giants and Monsters. The Giants coming in with the wild card in the National League West, and the Monsters with the number one overall seed in the National League. As they are one of the better teams in all of baseball, were the Monsters. I think they were the second best? Question mark? Not sure. But anyway, we'll start with the Giants coming in at 8-6. and six winning the wild card in the National League side out of the National League West. 
and they had they had a chance to try and win their division outright, but coming up just short. But eight and six with a three twelve ERA, which is not that bad actually. Um, spreading the pitching duties around, and you see that with a lot of teams. Like the Bombers are unique in that they rely on two, and only two for the whole season. But most of the I other teams. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say if I didn't know those boys as well as I do, I would say that's a bad move. Just right. to rely on Cause, two people, because, you know... Because it's a... You're right, because season. you... Well, there's that, but it's also a lot of stress. It's a Indeed. lot of stress to have six, seven starts on your shoulders during, like, starting half of the games for the season. But they're workhorses, and they get the job done, um, which they did. But the Giants spreading their pitching duties around with their ace of the staff being Mary Riley, or... Yeah, Mary Riley at... Five and one with a two four seven ERA. That's pretty good. That is one of the better records. That that's getting up toward uh, Ronnie Dobbs category right there. Um, twenty nine strikeouts, two walks, and twenty seven innings pitched. But five and one, and that is a lot of wins. But they relied on her a lot to come through, and she did. Um, not really any terrible outliers except for Barbara Jones with an eleven. Excuse me, with an eleven ERA, eleven runs. Over 37 batters in six innings. But um, Giants spreading it out, but mainly Mary Riley getting most of the load. And then Barry Bonds, who is not known for his pitching. He's known for his bat, and he's known for his glove and his arm. Yeah, but absolutely. He pitched, he, yeah, and we saw him in, in one of those games. We played against them, but and we marveled at his speed and his catching ability. But he has been on the mound quite a bit. He f- shouldered the most... Uh, innings load of any of the pitchers at 28, facing 122 batters, striking out 32 of them, which is pretty good for a position player. <laughs> um, but relying on Mary Riley for the most part, and I would guess she would be the pick to get the start in Game 1. Most likely. I think so, too. But not, I think so, yeah, too. Not, yeah, not a bad ERA. Not too bad. We'll see how that shakes out. Yeah. Um, hopefully they won't need Barry Bonds, but we'll see. Um, Average-wise... Under 300, sub 300 average for the team, but they still got eight and six, and they still squeaked out a wild card. So that definitely tells me that these guys found ways to win when it counted most. Like how the Twins found ways to win to get the wild card, they kind of stayed up there in the standings, and the, how the Mariners kind of manufacture runs, but the Giants found ways to scrap through games. And I mean scrap through because 270 average is not that great for an overall team, but they still make the playoffs at eight and six. So that tells me that they are a scrappy team and they fight tooth and nail and look for them to do that against the heavens to Betsy against the monsters in this in this matchup for sure. The monsters are a higher flying team, being the number one overall seed in the National League. But we'll see if the Giants can. You know, pesk away at them and, and get runs here and there and chip away and try to stick around in games. They got a decent ERA, and we'll see if they could keep up with the high-flying and the heavy bats of the Monsters. And the Bombers know all about that because we faced them. <laughs> yeah, we do, we do. We faced them, and uh, they know how to hit the ball. But it'll be interesting to see. I think the Giants will rely more on their pitching than anything else in this game. Um, and look for Barry Bonds to try and be somewhat of a catalyst for the team. He has enough speed. He can kill you on the base pads if you're not careful, but he also has power. So I think it'll be pitching and defense and timely hitting for the Giants 
in this series. Any any thoughts on that? Well, I just when you said scrappy, I immediately thought of um, a terrier. Yes, for some reason, <laughs> or or to put it in more elegant terms, a um, a master uh, karate artist, you know, looking for those weak points and knowing when to strike, taking a beating, but not really going down. And just right. waiting for that opportunity and looking for all the right openings. These these um, these giants really know how to how to do that. Yes, they do. As they will try to do that against the monsters who, on the flip side of that coin, have really, and I mean really, put the beat down on a lot of teams. 380 average overall and 97 RBI, second to the bombers with 99. They have hit the cover off the ball with two of their players having over 20, at least 20 RBIs, Timmy Unger and Chico Pappas. Pappas can hit the ball. Fred Benson can hit the ball. He has 12 RBIs. These guys hit 31 home runs as a team. That's a lot of home runs. That's a lot of balls 31. over the walls. That's a lot of balls over the walls. Alexis Weiss has two, or two RBIs. Joel Minotti with five. Rafael Hendricks with 12. Terry Vega with six. But these guys can hit the tar out of a baseball. So that will match up very interestingly with the Giants' pitching staff and their ability to pitch. We know these guys can hit the cover off the ball. They showed that they could hit the cover off the ball. But I believe, I think it was Ronnie Dobbs that played or pitched against them and silenced the bats for the most part. But they can, they can hit the ball far and hard and long and often. So I think that will be pressure on the Giants' pitching staff to keep those guys at bay. But if they have the ability to do it and they keep these guys off the base paths and keep the ball in play and inside the fence, uh, they might have a shot. But the Monsters also, with their ERA 336, not as good as... I don't think it's, not, I think it's as good as the, uh, as the Giants. But um, yeah, the I Giants think they rely... Yeah, the Giants 312. Yes, I think the Monsters rely a lot more on their hitting to win their games than they do... They're pitching. Yes. For sure. 336 ERA, which isn't bad. I mean, Kimmy Ekman with a 54 ERA outlier, but whatever. Um, the two workhorses are Alexis Weiss at 5-1 and one with a 328, and a Chica, Chica Pappas at 4-1 with a 285. But I think the Monsters aren't going to be that worried about their pitching, which could get them into trouble if the Bombers, if the Bombers, if the, excuse me, the Giants especially Barry Bonds and company, can stay pesky and poke away at their not-as-good pitching staff. It's interesting, too, um, Giants versus Monsters. I'm making categories for these guys. So the scrappy Giants against the hard-hitting Monsters. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think this is going to be a new story for the Giants, though. They're used to going up against Goliaths, they being season-long Davids of their own. But yes. they have stamina and they have the tenacity to stick it out to the very end. So mm-hmm. I would love to see this game live, although uh, we, we, didn't, we are not permitted to, to do that. We are actually broadcasting on the day they are playing. So unfortunately, we won't get to see that, but we'll definitely get to see the results and relay them to you. But uh, I just want to make that comment. Like They probably won't be surprised by the monsters, but it will definitely be uh, a sparks flying, fireworks going off uh, kind of game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll see if the Scrappy Giants can scrap out a what would be a very surprising series win if they take down the Monsters. Um, so that is the first half of the National League, and now the second half, 
being the Rockies and the Melonheads. The Rockies winning the National League West over the Giants, and the Melonheads winning the... Shoot, what division would they be in? I can't even remember. But they were another one of the uh, good record teams um, in the in the league. We'll start with the Rockies. <clears throat> Coming in at 8-6, and six, winning the West over the Giants by the play-in, or by the play-in, by the season series uh, statistic. They both finish at 8-6, and six, but the Rockies get in having won the season series against the Giants. Um, 367 team ERA. Not that great. Kind of average middle of the road. But uh, they struck out 80 batters as a team. And they rely on two pitchers in particular. With Gail Weinman at 2-4 and four with a 423 ERA. And then Aaron Harris, 3-0 uh, and o with a 296 ERA. Sharing the load. Um... Innings pitch, look at those. 34 and 33, and then the highest after that is 9 for Ken. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. kind of shares mm-hmm. that too with the ERA as well. Yep, but he's been known to pitch in pinches here and, here and there. But uh, usually, uh, relying mostly on Weinman and Harris, and look for them to do that again in the series against the Melonheads, who I believe have one, like, the, like the second best. Maybe they have the second best record. I can't remember. But they're, they're up there in, in uh, wins-to-losses ratio. But um, on the offensive side for the Rockies, 338, even having having the two big left-handed sticks of Larry Walker and Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, my gosh. Despite that, well, they scored 70 runs during the year, but they're only hitting 338 as a team. Um, Walker with a 456 average, but Ken Griffey Jr. down to 225, and that's kind of odd for him. Um... Only hitting two home runs on the year, Walker was six. And only seven RBIs for him. He scored five times, but he struck out 15 times. That's kind of a high number of strikeouts. But he has been known to strike out every now and again. A lot of power hitters kind of do that if they can't square up the ball. Otherwise, it's like all power and no contact. It's like all or nothing kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Griffey can be a little bit like that. Um, Where he also shines, aside from the plate is in the outfield. He is fast, and he can run down baseballs. He is very good at that. Um, I don't know, I can't remember if we faced these guys, but uh, I remember from a from a bygone season with the Wombats, I believe Griffey was on one of the teams, and man, could he run. Man, is he fast. You blink, and, he and he's tried... at the next base already, basically. Yep, kind of, he's like a more powerful version of Kenny Lofton, <laughs> in a way. In a way. But uh, I'd say look for him to break out of the funk offensively, only hitting 225 on the year. Look for him to come around. And look for Larry Walker to continue to produce because he's more of a contact than power hitter, but he does have power. He kind of has both, whereas Griffey is more power and not as much contact. But 338 batting average for the team, not too bad. I'd say they could fare pretty decently as long as they can keep pace with the Mellon Heads offense. And if they're pitching can hold on enough. They may have a shot at this series. Any uh, thoughts about that? Not too many. Um, Rockies, again, kind of taking a page from the Bombers with the workhorse philosophy. Mm-hmm. And then having Griffey as kind of a third-wheel backup Canadilio as far mm-hmm. as their uh, their pitching goes, I think. But, uh, yeah, other than that... Um, 
I don't. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will flip over to the melon heads and then wrap up this stat cast if I can find them. Where did they go? There we go. All right, so the melon heads coming in at nine and five, one of the better records in all of baseball. I think they had the second best at nine and five. But um, four twenty one ERA for the team. That is one of the higher ones you will see. And I think it's a similar thing with the Monsters in that they probably rely on their hitting, hitting 370 as a team and putting up 82 RBIs. They rely more on their hitting than they do their pitching to get them those wins a lot like the Monsters. Similar team to the Monsters, but they're facing the Rockies. So, um, as I said before, it's kind of comparative to them in that they'll, they would rather beat balls over the wall and all over the field and get their runs and outscore the other team, just outscore them completely, than try to outpitch them and outwit them, I think. Um, let's see here. Mandy Coolidge and Ray Tran sharing the bulk of the pitching load. 4-4 four and four with a 540 ERA for Coolidge and 3-1 and one with a 286 average for Ray Tran. 30 innings pitched apiece. But... Uh, yeah, I don't think they have that much of a premium on their pitching. Would you agree? I agree. I, I definitely agree. These these guys definitely feel like the people to me who uh, want to race to the finish line and not really f- worry too much about their fuel mileage. To yeah. use that kind of um, figure of speech. Terminology? Yeah. For, yeah. Yeah, I would, I, I would agree with that too. Um, they rely mostly on their hitting at 82 RBIs. And the bulk of that hitting comes, well, I guess it's kind of across the board, because you look at this, you got 11, 14, 10, 8, 10, 8, 11 RBIs between, through, with the 2 through 9 hitters. So they kind of spread the offensive load as far as the RBIs go. But as far as the heavy averages, Tanya Uchida at 466, Debbie Nagasawa at 466. And we played these guys too during the year, that one game. I cannot remember when that was, because I recognize the names. Um... But yeah, they beat the ball all over the place. They hit 26 home runs as a team, and everyone had at least one home run. They can hit the ball, they can score some runs, but they're not that worried about their pitching. If the Rockies can get decent pitching, not great pitching, but I'd say decent pitching, and their offense continues to do all right, they may have a crack at the Melonheads, but it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy beating these guys with one of the better records in all of baseball. I believe it is the second best. Um... But the Melonheads and Monsters, powerhouse teams in the National League, they may have the edge on paper, but as we saw in the postseason in previous years, anything can happen. Indeed. And I love that up-in-the-air attitude. I just want to have one more comment about the Rockies and Melonheads, and then we can wrap sure. up per your, uh, per your discretion. But um, since the Melonheads are going up against the workhorse Rockies, um, look for one of those workhorses to... I mean, the the Melonheads are looking for one of their work, their opposing workhorses to not have that great of a day and then just keep slamming the runs against the other team. And not mm-hmm. they don't really care about um, runs scored against them as long as it's not as many as they get. Uh, so I'm looking right. for a really high-scoring set of games between these two. I would think so. I would think so. It'll be interesting to see. Stack up. I'm always I'm always excited to see as as teams progress through the postseason who ended up besting who. Like we can talk a blue streak about all the stuff on paper, but when it comes down to it, you throw all those stats out the window. You got a fresh start, and it's anybody's game. Then what when, are we doing when, in the booth, man? 
We're just previewing for the sake of, you know, stats and getting people geared up and ready for these playoffs and the postseason hype. 2016. Hype. hype. Yes. Hype. All aboard the hype train. Yeah. The hype but train no. is pulling into the station. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, I was going to say, too, um, this overall, a, a huge, like, wide-angle view of this. So, um, I made names for each of these teams. So, the Bombers are, uh, as we've said before, a workhorse team. They rely heavily on their pitching staff and of two and their main hitting staff of one. Um, very <laughs> yes. risky, gutsy moves, but it's got them this far with the best the best performance in all of backyard baseball so far, so something's working for them. Yep. Um, Twins and the Mariners kind of crossing over lines. They're definitely diverse teams. They know where to place their people. They know um, when to call for help and who to call specifically, mm-hmm. which is a very huge asset. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here in this postseason. Um, Royals? I think, I, think meant, I think you meant the Twins and Bombers. It's the Mariners and the Royals. No, I, no, I, I wanted to say oh, the Twins sorry, and the Mariners. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, both, both of those are diverse diverse uh, teams. And they yes, both know where to, Yeah, that's fine. Yes, um, sorry, my bad. No, Continue. Okay. <laughs> the, the only people who don't fit into this really categorization for me is the Royals. And I've chalked them up to lucky question mark. Um, we've got a 595 ERA with an average of 351. So, I mean, nobody knows where they came from, but they're here and, uh, they've, they've got something to do with, with all that. So, uh, I'd be very interested to see, um, if our bombers ever run across them again, um, to see what they're doing and, and how it works, or they might change their status completely. I don't know. But anyway, um, going down the list again, the Giants, definitely a scrappy team. They know where to hit those weak spots. Um, Monsters and also Rockies are, no, yeah, Monsters and Melonheads definitely are hard-hitting teams. Um, mm-hmm. They don't necessarily care how many squ- runs were scored against them. As long as it's less than they scored against the other team, they're good to go. Um, and uh, very leaning heavily on that offensive uh, leg. And then um, what else? Um, Rockies are the only other team I have on here, and they are definitely uh, workhorses like our Bombers. Um, so I guess they've heard of how we played our games and went, hmm, let's try that out. And guess what? They're here too. So very mm-hmm. diverse set of skills, very diverse um, personalities as far as teams go as a whole. Um, numbers yes. aside, these guys are are crazy awesome. And I can't not wait to see, I cannot wait to see, excuse me, um, the first game we're going to broadcast, the Bombers voices the Twins. Yes. That will be at some point next week, pending schedules. But in the meantime, we'll get the other games up and going for you guys. Um, but yeah, we finished the season, the Bombers with the best record, going up against the Twins. But I, like I said before, anything can happen with these series. Anything can happen with these matchups and these teams. And the only way to find out is to leave it all out on the field and see what transpires. So any... Any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up here and head on to game one? Um, hype. All the hype. Yes. Read the papers. Um, follow us on the Facebooks. Either myself or, or my brother Michael, you uh, will uh, post 
updates as we go. Um, we're looking into different ways of kind of bringing this to y'all instead of just random Facebook posts. We might just want to have a central hub, um, one website where we post stuff or uh, or maybe a few different ways to, to bring this to you. So um, stuff's in the works for, for that. But otherwise, um, as you said before, anything can happen in this postseason. It's a blank slate. All stats are cleared. This is the last homage we'll pay to them officially. <laughs> yes. Until uh, until next season, but uh, definitely, you know, diverse strategies get you get you into the same boat. Apparently, so it's going to be fun to see our workhorses against the diverse twins next time on Throwback Sports Productions. Indeed, we cannot wait. We have statistized to death. And now we are ready to see what pans out, what doesn't, and how things work. I cannot wait to see what happens with these games. Like I said, we'll have Game 1 of the American League Division Series between the Twins and the Bombers from Ekman Acres, live. Well, recorded for you guys, but live for us. Um, some point next week, we will get schedules figured out and get that to you guys. But in the meantime, enjoy this broadcast. Go back and look over the stats. You guys can uh, confer or confer. What's the word I'm looking for? You guys can um, talk Con- amongst yourselves. Converse. And, and that's the word I'm looking for. Converse among yourselves and decide, you know, which which teams you like and which ones that you think you might see in the postseason going far or who might surprise you. Anyway, that's up to you guys. But for now, for my good brother and co-host Ben Schultz, from everybody up here in the booth and from all of us here at Throwback Sports Productions, have a fantastic Tuesday And we will see you all for game one of the playoffs next week, baby. Get hyped. It's going to be great. Raise the roof. We're raising the roof here in the booth. But anyway, (laughs) all that being said, have a wonderful Tuesday. Check back with us again next week. And root on your Bombers. Live from Ekman Acres, game one of the ALDS between the Twins and the Bombers. And we will see you all then. Signing off for now. Have a wonderful day, everybody.